we're doing live stream for The Cure this year, which is this badass thing. We're doing it next month. Next month, which is technically tomorrow when you're listening to this. So live stream for The Cure is basically podcasting and just general streaming event where for two days, 24 hours a day, different content creators from around the internet. So you get podcasters like us, you get gamers, you get all kinds of people will come together to stream and fundraise for fighting cancer, for cancer research specifically. Let me pull up the name of the nonprofit. The Cancer Research Institute. So Livestream for the Cure is trying to fundraise for the Cancer Research Institute. Basically, they also sell t-shirts. There's a bunch of ways you can donate. You can join us. Our time slot is on Sunday, May 19th Mm -hmm. in the morning. So we'll be putting on a half hour show of some variety. It might be a spoop hour minisode. We might play a game. We're still figuring it out, but it's going to be great. And you can come hang out with us and donate money. You can also check out Livestream for the Cure on Twitter at Livestream for the Cure and buy t-shirts, donate your money. Cancer Research Institute is a really good cause and we're super excited to support it. Yeah. Yay. Something else. Oh, you know what? We could, well, I don't know the legality here. But we could watch Murder a Murder Small, Small Town X yes. through it again. We could also just like watch it off air and then talk and about, then talk about it for Small Town X. Like for maybe half an do hour. like 15 minutes or like 10 minutes of a game and then like Murder in Small Town X. Yeah. Like maybe I'll make ourselves like a choose your own adventure yeah. game and we'll see if you can survive the Murder in Small Town X. Oh. That'd be awesome. Also, I just want to watch Murder in Small Town X. Anyway, so check out Livestream for the Cure. I'll do a better promo of it next week, I promise. I'm so sorry, Nick, who has organized it and has been amazing this whole time. I'm so sleepy, and I knew I was going to forget to do it again, so I put it at the top of my notes, live stream for the cure, announce it, punk. So, I'm a punk, but it's a good cause, and we're super excited to do it. So, live stream for the cure, you're about to hear an hour of spoop, and if you want to see us do something live and see what a clusterfuck we are when we don't have editing then by all means, join us on May 19th. It's going to be great. I believe our slot is at 10 a.m. Eastern time. And I'm not sure if there's going to be any way for us to like capture and replay. We might try to record on our end and drop that as a mini-sode if you're not able to join for the actual live stream. But yeah, we highly recommend you come party with us, donate some money. You get to raise money for a good cause. You get to watch us do stuff. It'll be a great time. I love that you think they think that we're not a clusterfuck when we're not... I no, know. I edit us very smooth. <laughs> like, you'd never know. That we're clusterfucks. You'd never know, I because I edit around it. So you can only imagine, but Excellent with Livestream for the Cure, we won't have it. Cool. Maybe I'll sneeze. Maybe Sasha will fart. We just don't know. <laughs> now, no, here's bonus Patreon hour. content. <laughs> you gotta you gotta pay for yeah. a fart from Sasha. <laughs> That was my mouth. I just want you to know that while it was her mouth, she did stand up and tilt her butt towards the <laughs> mic. So that's that's where we're at. That's folks. where we're at, folks. Anyway, back to spoop hour. Hey, Sasha. Hey, Courtney. Last night, I had this really weird dream. Yeah? Tell me about it. It was like midnight, and I was running around as a female horse over the age of three. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was a real nightmare. It's spoop hour. <laughs>
Welcome back to Spoop Hour. We just had a long interval about dealing with our yard. Yeah, it's a nightmare. Yay! Like a small horse. Like a small horse over the age of three that's female. And also, this week's topic. It's nightmares. Small horses. And sw- <laughs> this week's topic is very, very small Spe- horses. It's a really short episode in which we recount some of our favorite small horses. Little Sebastian. That's pretty much it. That's all. Uh, I don't know. The the little horse that is the the little Sebastian impersonator. That's that's a good one. Yeah. That's all I got. Yeah. I know no other. I can't think of other horses. small horses. So this has been spooked less than a minute. Have that, a great day. <laughs> there is that you know that horse in that meme that just like kind of trots in place and like dances. Oh yeah, yeah. that horse. That's yeah, a pretty it's good. Like horse. a gif, right? Yeah, that's a good. That's a good horse. Okay, so. We named three horses. It's been spoop one and a half minutes. Bye-bye. I'm just kidding. You can find us on Instagram <laughs> and Twitter at Spoop Hour. We also have a Gmail account where you can send your stories about spooky shit that has happened to you, small horses that you might know, nightmares you've had, and that's spoophour at gmail.com. Nightmares you know. Nightmares you know. Have you seen that video where, like, the corgi jumped up on the small horse and they just, like, rode around together? Yes! It's so cute! At... The middle in the middle of the night. Yeah, that was a nightmare. That was a real nightmare. But also a really good dream because it's a horse riding a dog. I mean, it's a dog riding a horse. <laughs> a horse riding a dog. Oh my god. Oh god. We were like dogs without horses. John Mulaney all the time. And also, this is a paranormal comedy podcast. It's Monday, but it's Monday eight days ago when you're listening to this because yeah. we're banking episodes, but we're both quite sleepy. So we're gonna see how this goes. Maybe we'll fall asleep during and we'll wake up from our respective nightmares and tell you about it. That'd be yeah. a great episode. Like, this I'm, is 20 I'm minutes on of four, silence. I'm like four and a half hours of sleep right now. Pumpkin. And so like being awake is a nightmare. Yeah, yeah <laughs> so I feel I'm, I'm ready for this episode. And my body has just given up. So I'm ready for like sleeping all the time. I'm at the stage where like, it doesn't matter how much sleep I got last night because I genuinely went to bed at like 9.20 and fell asleep almost immediately. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. It wouldn't be enough. Like I could sleep from now until tomorrow. Wouldn't be enough. I'm still very tired. Bodies are trash. Who knew this? I came back from Disney on Tuesday last week. And on Thursday, I was still exhausted. <laughs> and I'm sure if you follow us on Instagram, you've you seen this. <laughs> but I sat in our recliner uh-huh. and was watching our mysterious third roommate play Bioshock Infinite. Mm-hmm. And we were talking through it, and I'm just like having a good time, right? And then I popped the leg up on the recliner. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'm like really comfortable right now. And then I took the pillow from out behind my back and I stuck it on the armrest. And then I very gently put my head down. I was like, this is fine. I'm not going to fall asleep. I woke up three hours later and so, Courtney had taken a photo of me. Here's what happened. I get home from work. It's like 4.30 and I'm like, I'm going to go for walkies. And because I'm a, I'm a dog and I go on walks now. It's fine. So I, you know, bundle up for my walk. By which I mean strip some layers off because it was warm, but whatever. So I, I put my clothes on. Sasha is at this point like 75% asleep. She's she's clearly in Sleepsville, USA, but she hasn't become the mayor yeah. yet. Like, it's like it, I'm still doing that thing where I'm like trying to pretend like I'm not sleeping. Yeah, and so I'm like mumbling talking. in my sleep. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's a real interesting thing that's happening on the TV. Yeah. So <laughs> Sasha was just doing a lot of like oh, where do you go for your walk? And I'm like, oh, like just around the neighborhood, down to the trail. Okay, we'll have a good walk. Okay, I will. Connie, what is that? Oh, it's just the thing that I need to defeat. Okay. Like it was a lot of that. <laughs> It was just a lot of me very gently So speaking. I'm like, this girl's about to fall asleep. So I go on my walk, I come back like 45 minutes later. 
and Sasha is now 100% asleep. Somehow you managed to get out. Do you have a nice walk? But I couldn't understand you because you were genu- it genuinely <laughs> like sounded into like, the pillow. <laughs> and I was like, I'm sorry. And you go, what was that? And you go, good walk. And I was like, yes. And then you went back to sleep immediately. So then I go upstairs. I do a quick shower, come back downstairs. Sasha is still asleep at this point. And this is when you went from being like kind of asleep to like completely out. Zelda hops up onto the recliner to be like, is she okay? Is she still breathing? And like, at one point I thought you were going to wake up because Zelda like booped your face with her nose. Oh, are you serious? Yes. And I know from experience, her nose is cold. So that in theory would have woken you up. That's how tired I was. That's, that's why I was like, oh, Sasha's going to be awake. And then I won't have to like, cause I was weighing the awkward, like, do I make my presence known? Cause I'm down here and possibly scare her or wake her up. Or do I just wait for her to wake up naturally? And then I'm here and then nobody's afraid. Yeah. Well, I waited too long to make this decision because like 20 minutes later, just Sasha like wakes up for a hot second and right back to sleep. (laughs) At that point, I was like, I should have said something 10 minutes ago. (laughs) Yeah. So when I finally did wake up from my nap, I realized that like the TV was off Mm -hmm. and... I could hear that you were like typing. Or, yes, I was you were editing. editing our podcast. Right? So I could, like, I like was cognizant that you were there, and I was like, "She's not watching TV." I, didn't I don't. Wake and I was you. like, "I don't mind if she watches TV." I fell asleep through a video game with lots of shoe stink. Like, <laughs> I'm I'm good. But you had your headphones in, and then I kind of like woke up and was like. Were you here when I farted? <laughs> this is exactly how what you went. How long have you been down here? And I go, I don't know, like 45 minutes. And then there was this long pause while you process that. And then you go, were you here when I farted? And I go, yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. Well, I guess that's not the first time. <laughs> it sure isn't. I fell asleep on... All of my plane rides last week, and I'm Amazing. probably gonna fall asleep on all my plane rides this week. I love even though I don't like fall asleep in moving vehicles very easily, and I'm pretty sure, like I farted every flight. <laughs> and you know what? I don't good care. Good for you. Yeah, like, good for let me. it out. Yeah. There have been times, like particularly on the flight to Sydney, when it would have been great to fart because I was on that plane for 15 hours. So like, holding oh, in a fart that long doesn't feel great. And at a certain point, I was like, I'm just gonna let it out. It's an international flight. These things happen. You know. Most people are asleep. The nice Hasidic Jewish man next to me is asleep. He didn't wake up when I accidentally watched porn. It's going to be fine. And I could not get my body to do it still. That is how much fart hang up I have. I couldn't do, I couldn't force it out of me. So I was just deeply uncomfortable. (laughs) For 15 hours. For 15 hours. This has been fart hour. Welcome to fart hour. Or nap hour. It does kind of tie with our theme. Snooze hour. Because we are talking dreams, nightmares, all that The things that happen to you when you're sleeping. Yes. So before we get into that, did anything spooky happen to you this week? I guess like just out of like not out of the ordinary of like me being like, oh, the house is dark. I need to pee in the middle of the night. Oh, no. And like just being spooky, spooked about that. I don't think anything too, too scary. Just that we got a really cryptic email at work today mm. and I have to sit on it for another uh, almost 12 hours until I find out. 12 hours and 20 minutes. <laughs> but... By it's the time you're listening control? to us, it's, yeah, it's, it's out of my control. There's nothing you can do about so it. So I'm just scared. But, you care. know, it okay. I guess, yeah, I just, I slept a strange amount of, like, just, like, yeah. slept 
like all the time. Yeah. <laughs> that was a scary thing. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. How about you? Tell me about things. So, you've been sitting on some stuff I that you can't sure tell me. I sure have been. I've been sitting on a fart for 15 hours. Nice. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I farted at work today. Not at work. In the bathroom. In the bathroom at work. I'm not a monster. Yeah. Um, I took a really big poop at work today. Congratulations. Yeah, it felt really good. I did too. My body's a nightmare. I had now. chili for dinner last oh, night. No. And lunch today. Oh, and no. dinner today. <laughs> so. Oh, those poor people on the plane I tomorrow. They and never it, had a chance. It wasn't, it wasn't even meat chili. It was like made out of the soy flakes, like fake meat. Oh, good. So it was like vegan chili. So, so your body's like, my this body's is totally like, normal. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to be like, you know, this plane is flying abnormally high. It's almost as if there's an excess of gas in the main part of the plane. Sure this enough. has been poop hour. This has been poop hour and fart hour and just all the usual hours. Snooze hour. So for me, the spooky thing that happened to me is I've become too powerful because at <laughs> work, now exactly a week ago Monday... The doorbell rings, and I make my standard joke, which is like, ooh, I hope it's a big pile of money. And my coworker goes, why are you expecting a big pile of money? And I'm like, no, but, you know, I'm just putting it out there into the universe. Isn't that how the secret works, where it's like, you know, they're going to ring the doorbell, it's going to be the dude with the giant check, and it's going to be like, Courtney, I almost said my last name, Courtney, enjoy your 10 bazillion (laughs) dollars. And... You know, so but I'm also like, it's a joke. How did your coworker? Right. Well, because right. sometimes we do get oh, money because oh, okay. you know people like pay us for events and shit. Sure, sure. So sometimes it's like, oh, this is a check from such and such vendor, or okay. this is a check from whoever. So sometimes it is a big pile of money. So I'm just like, you know, put it out into the universe. Everybody gets excited when it's money. Great. So I make that joke, and I'm like, no, I'm not expecting money. I just, you know, it would be nice. Mm-hmm. And then like. I don't know, an hour later, our CEO comes in, calls me back to his office, and I'm like, oh, no, I'm in trouble and or being given a hard project to do. Nope, I got a raise. Yay, you got a big pile of money. (laughs) And at that point, I was like, I predicted this. I've become too powerful. The secret works. I love it. You got a big pile of money. (laughs) I got a big pile of money. And it wasn't in a giant check form. So that'll be fun. (laughs) I've decided I'm going to treat myself to the magic chair and maybe buy a dress once I know how much, like, might per be pay period I'm getting period, yeah. yeah so like it'll be exciting times I'm gonna vibrate all my cares away and last time I went I fell asleep in the chair yeah I want to go again yeah I want to go again after the school year is finished You'll, or maybe when IB exams are finished yeah so I can just be like just vibrate it all away girl just <laughs> goodbye <wow>. school year <laughs> <laughs> yeah like I was thinking about it and I was like well maybe I'll wait till the weekend and I'm like Maybe I'll wait till Thursday. Mm. Maybe I'll see if they can fit me in tomorrow. Like, it's fine. Magic chair will save us all. Oh, something else. I mean, it's not that it, something spooky happened, but I just want to put it out there. Jack and I are looking for a house, mm-hmm. and I've been using my, like, all right, let me know if I feel something's creepy vibe. And I didn't feel... Like, well, there was one house that I walked in, I like just felt really uncomfortable in, oh, but no. not in the sense of like, I, I was like trying not to figure like out. Not like that shining place it we wasn't, looked at? It wasn't the shining place that we looked at, which that was like weird, but this was like another uncomfortable weird where I was hmm. like, there's something about this place. I can't put my finger on it. Like what about it? It's is weird. But something's weird. And then finally we went into the laundry room and, and there was, I was blood looking, everywhere. I was looking around and <laughs> down the, the back wall, like along the concrete wall, there's just like brown water stains dripping oh, down. No. And I was like, oh, that's bad. Yeah, was, Property Brothers have taught me that means there's water in that foundation. Yeah, and so I was like, oh, that's probably mold. And then 
I pushed the door shut behind me and looked at the corner, and there's just, like, a big chunk of the ceiling missing, and it's all black. And I was like, we need to get the fuck out of here right now. (laughs) They were for sure hoping you did not close that door. Yeah, and so it was like, okay, I don't feel spooky. I feel toxic, and we need to get out of here. So that was cool. Sasha's a ghost now. She got black mold. So I'll I'll keep you posted if we go to any accidental murder houses. You walk in, and there's just, like, blood on the floor, and you're like, could be paint. There was one place that was just, like, really musty and reminded me of, like, the mill. Oh, And I was like, classic. oh, no. Revisit it. Oh. So that was, like, ghosts of college past. I will say, an anti-spooky thing that happened, we finally got a plumber out who theoretically fixed my ghost toilet, although I did have a nightmare, and now I'm not sure if it was a nightmare last night or if it was me actually hearing something, but I dreamt that the repair they had done so that I didn't have a ghost toilet anymore didn't fully take. And so I still had a ghost toilet, but it was quieter. Mm -hmm. So I don't know yet if it like, I don't know, maybe it was real. Maybe it wasn't. It's confusing. But in theory, we banished the toilet ghost that lives in my bathroom or is dead in my bathroom. I don't know. Have you ever seen the thread on Twitter? I don't know if we've talked about it on here. Of the white lady who was looking for homes with her husband and she was like peak white lady in a horror movie. And the only reason they didn't buy like a horrible house was because her husband was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, they go into the house and she's like, oh, this is a cute little secret room. And the yeah. the lady who showed the realtor is like, yeah, it's super fun. It's not really on any blueprints. And her husband, who, if I remember correctly, he was, he was a, a person of color. I think he was black, but he's just like, the fuck is wrong with you two? It's weird that this isn't on the blueprints. What the fuck? And they're like, where does this door go? And the realtor's like, I don't know. And she's like, ooh, a fun little hideaway. And her husband is like, what is wrong with you? Get out of here. Yeah. So, if anything like that happens, you know I'll be the one who's like, I've seen this before. <laughs> I'm not falling for I'm it not again. falling for this. <laughs> Linda. Linda. Anyway, so we're talking dreams, nightmares, general, like, things that happen when you're asleep spoopy times. Mm -hmm. So I thought it would be fun to, like, dip our toe into the topic other than all of the sleep talk, which wasn't super planned, but is relevant. Other than that, how do you feel about doing a featured creature? Featured creature! All right, you ready? I'm ready. Konbanwa and itadakimasu. It's nighttime and I'm here to feast on your dreams and nightmares. Oh, it's from Japan. I originate in Chinese lore about the mo, which is what the giant panda was originally called. Uh-huh. But now I'm more of a popular fixture in Japanese folklore after I got folded into Shintoism. Ooh. I'm a chimera-like creature, maybe with the face of a lion, rhino eyes, you know, the way rhinoceros eyes look. They're very distinctive and not like any other eyes. I have those. I also have an elephant trunk, a bear body, like as in like rah, 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 bear, not as in like I'm naked. Although I guess I am naked. I'm not wearing clothes. So I have a bear, bear body. <laughs> <laughs> we have fun here. I had an image in my head and then you said elephant trunk. And I went, nope. Tagged out. <laughs> Tagged out. I also have an oxtail and sharp tiger claws. Depending on my iteration, I'm either a monster or a deity. So what's my deal? Well... If you wake up in the middle of the night due to having a nightmare, you can summon me by saying, My name's San, come eat my dream. That's when I swoop in and eat your bad dream, which allows you to go back to sleep without fear of any other nightmares. This reminds me of the Pokemon Muna. Hmm. Hmm. It reminded me of Drowsy. 
Because oh, Dream Eater. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and Drowsy has, yeah, has a has thing, little a elephant thing trunk. Yeah. yeah, so I wonder if in in some way this is hmm. inspired by me, the thing whose name I almost just said. Wow, I'm all over the place. I'm so tired, guys. <laughs> anyway, sometimes I even leave good fortune behind as a sort of supernatural hashtag blessed scat. So, like, I eat your bad dream, and then I poop out good fortune, and then I'm on my merry way. I love that. Except. Except. You'll want to be careful when you summon me and use me, uh-huh. me sparingly, because my appetite can be a little unpredictable. I might find your nightmare so tasty that I want to keep eating. So then I'll gorge myself on all your dreams, ambitions, hopes, and desires, leaving you to lead an empty shell of a life. That sucks. <laughs> If you're more concerned about your potential nightmares than you are about my unpredictable appetite, you can preemptively summon me before you go to sleep. You can also get a little talisman of me to keep on your nightstand to scare off nightmares. And this tradition was particularly popular amongst Japanese children in the 19-teens. So what am I? Darekana, darekana. Do you need a hint? Yeah. Think idiot. Baka. Now change that last vowel. Or think of, in English, the opposite of front. Oh, Baku. There it is, oh, Baku. Baku. Yeah. Oh, huh? I'm a Baku. Do you want to see a picture? I of want me? to see a picture of this because Too I'm like bad. so curious. So there's one artist. Oh, it does look like a drowsy, right? Oh, yeah. And oh. there, there's apparently there's some on temples. Yeah. Hey, cat. She's all up in there. According to Wikipedia, like, there's there's another representation oh. of it. Some people think that it's either, like, it started out because there's a long extinct, like, predatory cat uh-huh. in China. So maybe people were like, ooh, it's scary. And then that somehow got turned into it eats your dreams oh. somehow because they saw it at night or whatever. And some people think it's the tapir. Yeah. Because it has, you know, the elephant trunk. So here's a here's one of them that's, like, on a temple. Okay. Oh, 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 oh. So I've dude. seen that. Yeah. Okay. We'll post a picture of him to the Instagram. Um, but he's a cute little fella. And you've been having nightmares. I have nightmares all the time. So basically, we just need to get ourselves a couple of baku. Yeah. And it'll be fine. Oh, okay. I was wondering if, like, it would say what, like, if Drowsy's Japanese name would have something to do with, oh, with like, Baku, Baku. but it? it's literally just sleep. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see if there's any trivia. It's Oh, no, but Drowsy is based on the Japanese myth of the Baku, creatures hey! who eat bad dreams of sleeping people. Amazing. I did not know that, so I'm Urbi- even more proud of myself. Originally, they were composite animals, but later became tapirs. Pig-like animals with small trunks from South America and Southern Asia. It shares some traits with the elephants. Drowsy's dual coloring... Makes it especially similar to the Malaysian tapir. Yep, I saw oh, a thing so that was yeah. like the Malaysian tapir is now sometimes referred to as a Baku. Oh. Also, Baku is the capital of, I want to say, Azerbaijan. Let me look. Blonus. Yeah, capital of Azerbaijan. So when I first, like, I came across the Baku because I was Googling, like, sleep cryptid, nightmare monster, and I was getting a lot of, like, nightmare on Elm Street bullshit. And then I found the Baku in this one not super reputable website, and I was like, I would like to verify this somewhere. And I searched Baku, and it's like, Baku is the capital of Azerbaijan. And I'm like, you got me again, internet. But then further down, I saw, like, Baku cryptid. Cryptid. Baku myth. And I was like, great, sign me up. Let's do it. All right, let's let's talk about nightmares because we're thirty minutes into this episode, <laughs> but we're not. But we're not because when you're listening to this, Courtney's done a fine job. I have. Editing. You're like this episode's only three minutes long. I wonder why. Don't worry about it. Do you want me to go first? Sure. So I'm going to be talking about precognitive dreams, 
and things like dreams coming true but like in a spooky way like not like cinderella dreams do come true but only if you find the right man all of that like none of that but whatever so i'm gonna start out by talking about just general precognitive dreams and then i'm gonna seg into another thing and we'll go into that and then i know what you're talking about all i have personal experience stories to share sweet 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 anyway Precognitive dreams are the phenomenon where your dreams predict an actual event that's about to happen or they provide some sort of information that you did not obtain in your waking life. So if you ever wake up and you know something you didn't know when you went to sleep, Mm -hmm. that's probably from a precognitive Mm. dream. Theories abound as to why this happens. Oh, fuck, I didn't introduce. We have a snack. Remember how I sent you it was a duck emoji? These are called goose feet cookies. (gasps) Because they look like goose feet? They look like goose feet. They, they were kind of a clusterfuck to put mm. together, but I have on good authority. They're pretty good. Mm. Oh. Mm-hmm. They're well, a Russian cheese cookie. Mmm. <laughs> it's sweet and cheesy. It sure is. I love it. Yay. They're such a pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for saving them for me. You're welcome. I saved you some good ones because there's burned ones upstairs. Mmm. Theories abound as to why this happens, and it is especially hard to explain given that we only know the dream was a premonition after the thing has already happened. Yeah. So it's not even particularly useful in terms of, like, I had a dream that this day would come because it's like you don't realize mm. I had a dream about it until the day has already come. Mm. So it's like it's not like you can learn from it or avoid right, it. Right. So in the psychic community, there are several categories of precognitive or predictive mm. dreams. The first one, soul walking. This is when you are magically tur- tuned into a person or real life event, kind of like an out of body experience. Mm. In this state, someone can actually visit another physical location and be a fly on the wall to see everything that happens there. So it's kind of like what the goal was with MK Ultra and how it yeah. is in Stranger Things, where she's like physically in the Soviet Union or whatever. Yeah. That's kind of like a soul walkie dream. Oh. You are essentially predicting the future with this by physically being in the room where it happens. When it happens. But you are... Where it happens. Yeah, when I put that in there, I knew that was coming. But you aren't actually there because you are still asleep. Uh So, like, nobody can see you. Whatever. Then there are premonitions. And these are the kind of predictive dreams that are more closely associated with nightmares. So this is where you get stuff like the people who dreamt of the Titanic sinking before it actually did. Sometimes people will dream of someone who has died who comes to them in a dream to impart some knowledge, like a crisis apparition. Yeah. But this oh, is yeah. this is the kind of apparition that it specifically shows up when you're asleep. So my great-grandmother's cousin, whose husband dropped dead unexpectedly, and then later that night when she was asleep, he came to her and, like, dragged her out to the yard to show her where he had buried some money. Mm-hmm. That would be a premonition. Okay. Because she woke up knowing where the money was. Right. In 1962, astrologer slash psychic Gene Dixon reportedly had a weird dream about the president being shot while in his motorcade, but nobody really took her seriously until November 1963 when JFK was shot and killed while he was in his presidential motorcade. This would be considered a premonition dream. Something to watch out for with premonition dreams, if you have dreamt the same thing three times, it may be that it's because it's a premonition, so you dream it three times, like it's the mystic number as always. Yeah. So first time, whatever. Second time, okay, a little weird that I dreamt twice. Third time, oh, fuck, this is going to come true. 
And as I put on my notes, this is a bummer for me to hear because it means I will be working an event and a tornado will come through and I will think this is just like my dreams except this is real because that's a recurring nightmare I have at least once a month. Yeah, I have a lot of school-related dreams and they're usually about the same thing. And my school days are never as bad as the nightmares. <laughs> like, I have, I like my job, and I have no plans on leaving the profession. Yeah. But, like, my nightmares about school are real bad, and it's usually the same nightmare over and over again. So, uh... <laughs> I tend to now, like... So, I have, like, general categories of stress dreams. Mm-hmm. So, like, one of them is the I'm working someplace, and a tornado comes through, and in the dream, I have the thought oh no, this is just like my dreams, except this is real. Which is a real fucked up thing for me to dream, brain. So like, get your shit. Like, yeah, I incept myself constantly. Anyway, another one I have is I'm back in college. I'm in marching band, but I haven't gone to any rehearsals. I Mm -hmm. don't know the music. And I'm like, I signed up for this two credit class. I'm going to fucking flunk this. And then like almost always there's some sort of performance. I don't know my drill. I don't know the music. I can't find either my socks or my shoes. And I'm like trying to put my uniform on. And I'm like, I guess I just do it without the socks because I can't find them. And I'm like, maybe if I just awkwardly shadow somebody, no one will notice. But I'm going to fit. Oh, I used to not have those dreams mm-hmm. and then I quit working with marching bands and, and suddenly, now I have these dreams where it's oh, like no. I'm either like they expected me to be instructing uh-huh. or I am a student again yeah. and I don't know any of my shit and I'm like ah I used to only get the like I'm in a class that I made the conscious choice yep. not to show up to yeah, that's and me. now it's the final line I'm failing now I used it's to get band. those but then, like, the past, like, two, three years, it has changed where it's exclusively a marching band dream, where I am in some way not prepared to do whatever marching band thing. Yeah. Anyway, and then the third category of my stress dreams, this has only happened in the past year, and it's a real dick thing. As some listeners may recall, we had a hard time finding the place we currently live. Mm-hmm. And so now I tend to have nightmares that for some reason we're moving, and it's, like, the day before we move, and I'm like, fuck, I'm not packed. Like, mm-hmm. in the most recent one, we were getting ready to move, and I was about to go to Japan. Oh, so God. basically we were going to be moving while I was in Japan. And I was like, I mean, I guess I don't have to go on this trip. But like, I really want to. I paid a bunch of money for this trip. I'd like to go on it. But like, we're moving. I had one once where you had found a place online. Mm-hmm. And you decided, like, you had already contacted the landlords and broken the lease collectively for all of us. And you'd signed the lease without looking at the place. And then we got there and the floor was crooked. And you went... I don't know, the floor looked straight online. Oh, no. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, I have to call the renter's place and be like, please take us back. Like, that's the third category of my stress dreams right now. In my dreams, everyone's an asshole. Yeah. We like to refer to him as Dream Jack, but he's a real dick all the time. Oh, no. <laughs> anyway, back on topic of things that I did research about, not just that I've experienced, <laughs> you can have insightful dreams, which is a kind of predictive dream that often visits visionaries and spiritual leaders. Basically, in these dreams, someone gets supernatural wisdom that is beyond what they could ordinarily grasp within a standard lifetime. And Nostradamus allegedly had these, and that's supposed to be how he got all of his super accurate predictions, mm. is because, you know, he'd have this insightful dream, he'd wake up, he'd write it down, and then now... We're like, Nostradamus was right. And then you have telepathic dreams, which is described as, quote, one person tapping on another. 
Telepathic dreams are when one person connects to another person via a dream and uses it as a conduit to transfer images, thoughts, and feelings. I just like the idea of tapping, like, yeah, just, hey, 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 and then hey, you would listen. wake up in the middle of the night and slap me, because that's what you do. <laughs> I for sure would, but you wouldn't actually be there. <laughs> Generally, this only happens to people who are very close emotionally, so you'll, it, it's what they refer to as linked souls. So not like randos, but like family members, loved ones, close friends, etc. So like, mm. I could probably do it to you, but one of my coworkers probably couldn't do it to you because right. you don't know them. I don't know them. So they're, it's I've not like you. they're just going to appear. But you know me, so it's probably, I'm just going to be like, Sasha, 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 Sasha. Don't sign a lease without looking at a place. God damn it. It is particularly common among identical twins, making it a form of spooky twin bullshit, which we all know we don't stand for we on this podcast. We do not. The communication in these dreams is nonverbal, and it's just conveyed via images and general thoughts when at least one of the twins or individuals involved is sleeping. Mm -hmm. So, like, in theory, I could do it to you when you're sleeping, but I don't necessarily have to be sleeping. Okay. Or, like, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Something like that. Okay. It's very strange. These incidents are often so powerful that the person dreaming can physically feel it. So to you, it would feel like I was tapping you on oh, the shoulder. Oh, God. But then you wake up and I'm nowhere to, to be, be found. found. Unlike the other forms, telepathic dreams can be intentionally sent, though this is not always the case. So if there's something I want to communicate to you, like, I don't know, I'm in distress or something and mm -hmm. I'm like trying to telepathically beam you some yeah. shit and you're asleep, I can theoretically do that okay. and send it intentionally or other times I'll just like pop up and be like, Sasha, Sasha, hey. Sasha, look. Hey, Sasha, hey, hey, listen. <laughs> In my dreams, I'm Navi from oh, Legend God. of Zelda. <laughs> then you have shared dreams, which as the name implies, they're dreams shared by two or more people, Inception style. These, according to PsychicElements.com, a very reputable source, are almost always a vision of some event to come, and they can be shared generally amongst a large number of people. Basically, when you wake up from a shared dream, you will feel confused and anxious. So for me, that means I have shared dreams literally every time I nap, because the second I wake up from a nap, I'm like, what's happening? Hmm. Why am I alive? Who's sharing their dreams I with you? I don't know. Because it doesn't specify, like, it's not like I have a secret twin or something, but somebody is sharing their fucking dreams with me, and I have had enough of it. Secret twin. Secret twin. Like an episode of Pretty Little Liars. The, <laughs> true story. Last season of Pretty Little Liars, everyone turns out to have a fucking evil twin. That's fun. Yeah. Like, it hinges, the story hinges on two of the evil twins, essentially, like, coming to light, and then one's kind of not evil, but the other one's, like, full evil, but then, like, the kind of not evil one turns out to be kind of super evil and then the one that was like super evil is like really super super evil it's very confusing especially because it means that they asked troy and belisario to do a british accent because her evil twin is british it's not good i watched all of that show so you don't have to so you don't have to that's what we're gonna do live stream for the cure just for like half an hour i'm gonna try to cram all of pretty little, little liars <laughs> just real fast all right you ready to hear about deja Reve? Yes. All right. So shout out to curiosity.com and inverse.com. So déjà rêvé in French means already dreamed, and it's sort of the opposite of lucid dreaming and is usually what people mean when they say déjà vu. So this is that feeling that you get when something happens that you dreamt. So like you move your arm just so and you see you're wearing the blue shirt and you can kind of see the floor and then it's kind of chilly out and you hear the fan kick on. Mm -hmm. You know that feeling you mm -hmm. get where you're like, 
I dreamt this. Yeah. That's déjà vu. It's not that, actually déjà vu. I have that at school a lot, but I think it's just that the students you, sit in the same place all the time, uh, and yeah. then they ask the same kinds of questions, and then I'm like, "This <laughs> I've had this. It's happened before. <laughs> it's the name of that weird dreamlike feeling you get when those circumstances line up. So yeah. when, when you just take a moment, and you're like, oh. what? I knew that was going to happen somehow. And it's, I have a lot of it, mm-hmm. and like, some of it is longer instances, others it's just like very short, like little snippets. Mm-hmm. I remember that freaking me out a lot when I was little, mm-hmm. where I was like, this has happened before. And my yeah. parents are like, oh, it's just deja, deja vu, and I was like... They're wrong, it's deja vu. But I'm like, I don't, that doesn't make it better. <laughs> like, I'm like, why do I know <laughs> what's happening? happening? Yeah. yeah, there was one, the one that pretty much only freaked me out when I was growing up. I was in seventh grade, and I mm-hmm. still remember it, because I had dreamt it like multiple years before Mm -hmm. this happened but I dreamt that my I was outside it was dark I had our Yorkie on my lap Mm -hmm. and I was holding her and our camper because we had a camper at the time Mm -hmm. just like a pop-up trailer was on this hill and it started to roll backwards and (gasps) I remember seeing my mom and my brother like trying to stop it from rolling backwards and I had dreamt that and then like a year plus goes by and then my family went on a trip to Hershey Park (gasps) and we stayed at the Hershey KOA and we got there late at night because we hit traffic. And while trying to set up the trailer, we didn't realize that our campsite was on a slope. Ah. So the trailer started to go down the hill. And my mom and I was like, oh, my God, it's happening. So that's like the only time it's like super freaked oh me God. out. Oh, God. Anyway, that's déjà vu. And there are three types. You ready? Yes. Episodic-like. This is when someone can identify the exact day they had their prophetic dream that is now being reflected by real life. So this would be, you know, last Thursday, I dreamt that we were going to be eating goose feet cookies, and you were going to make a fart joke, (laughs) and then I was going to yawn, and then Zelda would sneeze. Yeah. So with episodic déjà rêve, people can pinpoint their dream even if it's months or years old. So it could be, mm. you know, 10 years ago I dreamt that this was going to happen. And it was on a Tuesday and I was cold. Like, that's that's episodic. Ugh. Then you have familiarity-like, which is a less precise form of déjà rêve. Mm-hmm. Basically in this one, people report that they have a sort of hazy, dreamlike, lol memory of their prophecies Mm -hmm. so in this instance people will report that the situation feels about the same as whatever Mm -hmm. happened in their dream but they can't really provide any kind of specific detail so it'll just feel like something that they dreamt about where they're like i think i i felt like this before that's the familiarity like and then you have the dreamy state which to me sounds like it's basically not déjà vu but it's grouped in with it so Mm -hmm. that's fine Basically, these people experience something terrible in real life and report that the experience itself was strange and felt like a dream or nightmare. So, like, whenever you get, like, really bad news and you have Mm -hmm. that moment of this can't be real. Mm -hmm. For me, I had, when I was in college, my senior year of college, my roommate at the time was going to drop me off at at a football game Mm -hmm. so that I wouldn't have to walk in my uniform. And she was turning into a parking lot, and the car behind us T-boned us on my side. Mm-hmm. And the moment the truck made impact with my door, I was like, this is a dream. I've had this dream. This isn't real. Mm-hmm. Except it was real. It was a terrible thing, but that's fine. So that that was kind of that dreamy mm-hmm. state, déjà vu. Mm-hmm. We do now know more about déjà vu than we used to. And that's because in 2018, there was a study published in the Brain Stimulation Journal. Mm -hmm. And this study took a look at the medical reports 
of patients with epilepsy from 1958 to 2015, and particularly focused on experiences these individuals reported after undergoing electrical brain stimulation, which is a form of treatment for epileptic symptoms. Mm -hmm. This study found that déjà rêvé and the I think I dreamed this feeling may just be a weird physiological thing in the brain that's a Mm -hmm. response to electrical stimulation because they found that after these individuals had undergone their electrical brain stimulation, they were more likely to report having déjà rêvé because of just how their brain processes the electrical impulses. Mm. And more so, this study kind of predicted that this might actually help us figure out why we dream and how we dream because mm-hmm. it's 2019 but we still don't, don't know. know like yeah. our brain it's just a thing our brains do we have best guesses we're like maybe we're processing information we took in during the mm-hmm. day maybe it's manifestations of our anxieties and stresses we don't know though like there's no scientific reason for us to do it right we, we just, just do it do it and that's weird I've got 19 things you probably never knew about nightmares from BuzzFeed. Oh, boy. And not just, like, from ra- some randos, like, from their, like, actual staff. So, <gasps> huh, so it's let's legit. see. Well, we'll see. Again, like you just said, we don't know shit about shit. It's true. Like, <laughs> I, everything I do, except, with the exception of, like, the different classifications, it's all from, like, psychicresource.net. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay. Yeah. So some, basically, the research that has been done has been kind of, Minimal, but BuzzFeed seemed to have tried to, like, at least check out some reputable sources. So... 19 gifts that sum up my most recent déjà rêve. <laughs> so, nightmares are a mix of memories and other random information played out in a super disturbing way. Yay. So, a clinical psychologist named Michael Bruce, PhD, and fellow of the American Academy of Sleep Medicine, said that basically your nightmares are just, like, your memories being jumbled. Don't know if that counts, maybe, right, for dreams too, but they're saying, okay, this might be just played out in a strange way. Mm -hmm. They don't have to necessarily be scary, like not a guy coming after you with an axe or something, Mm -hmm. but it has to make you feel scared. So if fuzzy bunnies make you feel scared and anxious, then that's going to be something that you'll find to be a nightmare. And one example they gave was just seeing an ex sitting on a couch could be a nightmare. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did... Oh, no. I had a nightmare. This was probably two years ago. So I was two years into dating Jack, my current boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And I dreamt that I had... My, my ex and I had never broken up. <gasps> so technically, this whole time, I had been cheating with Jack. Oh, no. And in the dream, I was like, I mean, I haven't seen him in, like, two years. Clearly, he doesn't care. Like, I can do what I want. And then I was like, but that's super unethical. It was terrible. Are you cheating? Yes. With your unethical... My unethical dream nonsense. Yeah. (laughs) It's true that you can only dream about people you've met or seen before, but with a caveat. Basically, a lot of the memories are being processed from short-term to long-term, and they can just kind of make up the images in your nightmares. You might be dreaming also of books or like mm. podcasts you've listened to or audiobooks. So mm. maybe you don't haven't necessarily seen it, but you, like whatever you were imagining in your mind could pop up in your nightmares as well, mm. which is disturbing. The emotional response to nightmares can wake you up. And I think all yeah. of us have had that experience at some point or another that you're so anxious and upset during your nightmare that you're like, bah! yeah, or you wake up and you're like, you're, you're 
everything is wet because you were sweating so hard yeah. or um, or you peed the bed or you're crying. Or and the you ice pack that you keep on your chest because it's too hot in your room has exploded, which happened to me once. Mm-hmm. And I was like, did I pee myself? Oh, no, it's cold. Yeah. I did have a nightmare once that I was on a balcony with Zelda, like a high up balcony, mm-hmm. and she found a loose brick. And in the dream, I watched her like hop off and I woke myself up yelling no. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, they're saying that. Your visual cortex is linked to your amygdala, which is an emotional response center. So during a nightmare, these get fired up and trigger uh, autonomic arousal of the body. Mm. So your heart starts beating faster, breathing becomes labored, and you can start sweating profusely. And that's like a panic. So you literally feel afraid. You're feeling afraid. Your body is doing what it does when it's scared. Yeah, but you're sleeping. Most nightmares occur during REM sleep when your brain is the most active. That makes sense. You dream at any point at the, during the night, but nightmares tend to happen during the second part of the rapid eye movement sleep. Hmm. This means that neurons are firing and brainwaves are higher frequency and the mind is more active. And that's hmm. why nightmares can seem longer and more vivid than like just like an average dream. That makes sense. And that makes sense a lot for you. Yeah. yeah. Nightmares also tend to stick around your head for a while once you're awake. And I think that's why we always have a lot to talk about regarding nightmares. Mm -hmm. Basically, they happen right before you wake up and the visuals that cause negative emotions are much more memorable than the positive ones. Mm -hmm. And people can remember the general plots of their worst nightmares for years or even decades. There Um, is a nightmare that at this point is about 20 years old that mm -hmm. I still remember. In high detail. Yeah. And what sucks is that that can mess with your sleep moving forward, that you are now aware of this nightmare, and Mm -hmm. it can keep coming back. That sucks, right? That for sure sucks. Um, But nightmares are a natural part of sleep and processing your emotions. So it sucks that we have them. 70% of adults experience nightmares at least once a month. I experience them more often, and I think you do it more frequently than I do. Oh, yeah. I pretty much constantly, like, almost every night when I sleep, I have at least one nightmare. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, Um, my brain's a nightmare. And being super stressed (laughs) makes them worse. I'm stressed all the time. All the time, yeah. Um, And it's also, like, if it can be really, really pronounced during like major life events, like death, breakups, new jobs, moving. Mm-hmm. I know, like I have friends who were really excited to get married, and they're still very happily married. But, but it was like the three weeks leading up to the wedding is them freaking out. Yeah. I know for me, it's the weeks leading up to exam season. Yeah, and we have exams like all throughout the school year. But when it's but particularly like exams, when it's particularly the May like IB exams and state uh, standardized testing. I just like have the worst school nightmares during the during the weeks leading up to that. Yeah. Even though it's a thing that happens every year. I yeah. just like still have terrible nightmares about yeah. it. Even nightmares that seem super meaningful can't predict the future. Don't tell me how Don't to live your life. Don't tell me how to live your life. Um, <laughs> rewind the tape and uh, listen to Courtney's segment. Yeah. One of these days, it's going to come in handy that I once dreamt that I had to disarm a nuke that was strapped to a whale. Oh, jeez. And on that day, I'm going to be like, fuck you, BuzzFeed. Right. <laughs> nightmares can't actually kill you. Like, oh. Nightmare on Elm Street is not going to happen. However, inc- if you have a weak heart or an existing heart condition, increased heart rate during sleep could, could, small chance, lead to angina, oh, which, is which is chest pain due, due to restricted blood flow to the heart or even possible heart attacks. But honestly, it's... Probably not the nightmare that's going to cause you to have a heart attack. It's probably that there's a lot of other factors that are going to have you. So take that with a grain of salt, please. But maybe don't because that could make your angina worse. Mm -hmm. They do say sometimes nightmares can be good. 
Uh, basically, nightmares tend to people who have frequent nightmares tend to be more creative individuals. Oh yay, that's um, a good news. And for me. they can also be like give you an alternate perspective on a situation or on a person. And like kind of ramp up your critical thinking. So the kind of thing mm. where you're just like, oh, I know that my like dream Jack is like an asshole. He's always an asshole, right? It's but like hilarious. real life Jack is not. No. And so your dream Jack is like everything that could go wrong but doesn't go wrong. Yeah. Right? Would real Jack behave like this, right? Or yeah. like, what would I do in this situation where Jack is being an ass, right? Murder him. And yes. then when you wake up, you're like, oh, none of that happened. Yeah. So you're like, oh, this is fine. I'm not in danger anymore. <laughs> Have you ever had a nightmare that you've gotten into a fight with someone and then like the next day you run into them and you're like, I'm mad at them. Oh, fuck, that didn't happen. Yeah. I hate I- that. <laughs> Was it me? No, no, no. Oh. Some people even get inspired by scary dreams. So Mm. Stephen King is one person in particular who Mm. will actually, like, note (laughs) his dream nightmares and, like, use elements of them for his horror novels. I did that with NaNoWriMo one year. Yeah. Because it wasn't, like, it wasn't a scary dream. Mm. It was just, like, an action-packed dream where I was like, that would be a cool ring of spies. And then I I wrote the the novel about said ring of spies. I wrote um, a short story in a creative writing class in college based on a recurring nightmare I had after a bad breakup. Oh. Um, And it... And then I merged it with, like, song lyrics or, like, mm-hmm. the, the plot of, like, a song that was, like, always kind of stuck in my head sophomore year of college. Yeah. And so, yeah, it, it actually worked out pretty well, and I stopped having the dream after I wrote about it. Nice! Yeah. Salvador Dali also used that makes his sense. nightmares. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, his, um, his paintings are what my dreams look like. <laughs> right. He, it was said that he would paint immediately after waking up so he could transfer the vivid details into a literal nightmare on canvas. Great. Yeah. Cool. And again, getting those alternate perspectives of the world you get from nightmare can be useful if you're a creative person. Yeah. Right? Have you ever, I'm sure you have, have you ever had a nightmare that when you're in the nightmare, it's terrifying, <laughs> but then you wake up and it's just hilarious and you're yeah. like, why was I afraid of that? Why was that's, I afraid of fuzzy bunnies? Yeah. It's like, objectively, that's a very funny situation. Right? But in the dream, it was upsetting. <laughs> yeah. I've had a dream where I was a spy and things started going really, really wrong yeah. and I fell through a glass ceiling and then it started raining frogs <laughs> and I was like now I think it's funny yeah but, but at the like, time you were like, time oh I'm, like oh! <laughs> I'm yeah. falling through this glass ceiling and like, you broke the glass ceiling but you but broke it in reverse and I then the frogs came the frogs came <laughs> Um, so people who are at higher risk for nightmares than others are usually people who have sleep disorders like insomnia or sleep apnea, hmm. um, or who have depression, anxiety, and other psychiatric disorders. It me! It's us. <laughs> and because sleep disorders can be genetic, it's mm-hmm. possible that chronic and severe nightmares can run in your family. Gender, it may also be a factor since young women report more nightmares than men, but it also might be that men are like, I'm not I'm scared of anything. I don't have Toxic masculinity. My masculinity is so fragile, I can't say that I had a scary dream. Mm-hmm. And then children also will, like, report higher instances, but mm-hmm. part of it is also because it's more terrifying to children. Yeah, children and don't have emotional, the processing. Yeah, like, the emotional response is different than yeah. adults because they're still learning how to respond Yeah, to when you things. wake up from a nightmare as a kid, you don't have the emotional response of, that wasn't real, mm-hmm. I'm okay, everything's safe. You have the emotional response of, oh my god! Yeah. And some medications can also 
cause or worsen nightmares. So like you'll often see on like a lot of there there'll be some medications that will have like nightmares or great poor sleep as like um, a side effect. Melatonin yep. and, and antihistamines. I was just about but to also up. antipsychotics and antidepressants, beta blockers, and also I've heard this a lot with commercials for like smoking cessation drugs. Oh, um, and that's listed here as well. So like when you're trying. It, it makes sense. Like, I know that there are some medicines for, like, quitting smoking that also will cause your depression to worsen yeah. or, like, start having suicidal ideation. So that kind of makes sense that some of these things also, like, uh, fuck with your, your subconscious. Yeah. 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 I was on melatonin very briefly. It was before we got my anxiety in check. And so my mom was like, try melatonin. It worked great for me. And I'm like, great. And, like... Without melatonin, I have, like, terrible nightmares. With melatonin, it was nightmares that felt real to the point where, like, I would wake up and reality would feel just as real as the dream Mm -hmm. did. So after, like, four nights, I was like, I can't do melatonin anymore. Yeah, I used to take (laughs) melatonin a lot. And I still do. But I feel like my... It's, it's not the same anymore. Like, I can still yeah. take melatonin or Benadryl to help myself help myself fall asleep. And it's either I have no dreams or, like, I'm I'm stressed out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, Benadryl I've never had a bad reaction to. Mm-hmm. It just knocks me out. And so, kind of continuing on with the time we have left, um, nightmares are different from night terrors or PTSD-associated sleep disturbances. That makes sense. So, basically, they're reminding us that we need to important... Uh, sorry, we need to distinguish garden variety nightmares that we have like night to night Mm -hmm. with no specific cause from nightmare like episodes so basically Mm -hmm. a night terror is completely different because they occur during non-REM sleep when the brain is less active after a night terror people will often wake up screaming or crying but they aren't fully conscious and they go back to sleep with little or no memory of the incident Hmm. REM parasomnias also can cause you to sleepwalk or thrash or act out nightmares and they're caused by a lack of natural muscle paralysis during sleep PTSD-associated nightmares will involve a more detailed reliving of trauma similar to a flashback. Hmm. And these tend to be chronic, vivid, and have serious, like, debilitating effects. So Hmm. that's also different from a nightmare. That's that's a full-on flashback. Yeah. It is possible to be diagnosed with a nightmare disorder. Oh. It's classified in the DSM-5 under sleep-wake disorders. Mm. Um, it's basically repeatedly waking up to a fully alert state with a detailed recall of extended and extremely frightening nightmares. Mm. And they can cause clinically significant distress and impairment. But these nightmares aren't caused by a specific mental or mental disorder or substances. Hmm. Basically, nightmares can become abnormal to the point where it becomes a legitimate disorder with treatment uh, Mm. options. If this is you, you need to go see a sleep specialist. Yeah. And there are a few things that you can do to avoid nightmares. Sometimes it's linked to just having poor sleep night after night after night. Mm -hmm. Being maybe like going and meditating during the day taking care of your mental, like, doing a lot of, like, wind down. Yeah. Um, Put your screens yeah. away. Managing stress, anxiety, maybe journaling. Basically, you don't want to do anything that would cause fearful emotions before sleep. Like, don't check your work email. I make this mistake all the time. And sometimes <laughs> I get, like, a really bad email in the middle oh, of the night no. and I can't fall asleep. Yeah. And, yeah, it's sometimes... I'm they gonna start emailing you in the middle of the night, like, puppy gifts. Yeah. So that you wake up in the middle of the night, you just oh, see this, like, puppies. little golden retriever yeah. playing with a duckling, and you're like, okay, and, and you go right back to sleep. They don't <laughs> recommend watching, like, high-anxiety TV shows. Yeah. Like, they say, don't watch Law & Order Special Victims Unit. I had to have a cool that We started watching the act together, which is the fictionalized uh, recounting of the Dee Dee Blanchard, Gypsy Rose Blanchard case, and... I had to have a cool down of, like, a British panel show before I went to bed because I was like, I'm not going to be able to sleep with this in my head. And even still, like, days later, every so often I catch myself just being like, 
But then, why didn't it? Oh my yep. God. I'm still thinking about it. I didn't do anything to wind down. After. Oh, Actually, no. I've been playing Ace Attorney before <laughs> I before bed. Sure. And uh, that wasn't good this weekend because there's just like, it's all murder. <laughs> like, you have to solve murders. <laughs> and, uh. Yeah, so that's been, that's been a tr- problem. So again, like if you're having a lot of nightmares, go see a sleep specialist. And then the leading, so this what a sleep specialist could do is actually like teach you to lucid dream Mm -hmm. so that you can kind of adjust the uh, occurrences and like what's happening in your dream as they're happening so that you don't have those nightmares. My brother claims that he can always lucid dream if he just looks up and looks at either the ceiling or the sky Mm -hmm. because his dreams don't usually populate a ceiling or sky. So when he looks up, he goes, this is a dream. I'm in control now. Yeah. Um, That does not work for me, but maybe it will for you. (laughs) Yeah, there's this thing called image rehearsal therapy, which was actually developed to help um, sexual assault survivors. That's awesome. um, To get them to kind of move past like the PTSD and like the recurring Mm -hmm. images that come with that. And there's also just, yeah, lucid, lucid dreaming therapy. And much like with dreams, there's still so much that we don't know about nightmares. And apparently clinical studies of nightmares began in 1930 and then yeah. took a big turn in the 1970s. And then basically with the, you know, introduction of IRT in the 90s, mm-hmm. like they're still learning a lot about how we control our dreams or how we can manipulate them and so on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So why certain images become seared in our brains, we just don't know. We but just don't know. we just have to find ways to deal with it. Interesting. I also heard like alcohol before bed. I mean, obviously it doesn't help you sleep at all, yeah. but it can also like worsen yeah, your I've, nightmares. I've, I've yeah, I've heard that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I found that for me, my nightmares tend to be worse if I have binged something that's high stress. Mm-hmm. So like a couple of years ago, I binged like the entirety of Criminal Minds. And that's that a was mistake. a mistake because I had like intense, like being hunted by a serial killer dreams for a couple of nights. And that was even with me like setting, okay, I'm going to go to bed at 10. So at 830, I'm going to switch from Criminal Minds and I'm going to watch like Great British Bake Off or some sort of Food Network show. It wasn't enough to take me out of it. So I was still having those nightmares. So now I just don't watch Criminal Minds. And like, if I've had alcohol, I tend to have like very vivid dreams. Mm-hmm. Every so often, it hasn't happened recently, thank God, but I sometimes have dreams where I die. Have you ever died in a dream? I have. Yeah. yeah it's always really just disturbing. It's just re- a real bummer. I think about it the rest of the, like, not the rest of the night, but like the next day when I wake Same. up, I'm like, frig. I've had dreams where like, I make my peace with this is going to kill me and then I make my peace with dying and mm-hmm. it fucks me up for like weeks after. <laughs> there was one particularly shocking dream that I had when I was in high school or middle school. My brother mm-hmm. is six years younger than me. And especially as being, like, an adult, I've been, like, momming him, I guess. Oh, yeah. um, like, I'm, I'm, like, effectively a third parent. But it was probably high school or middle school. I pushed him out of the way of an oncoming train, and I, I died. <gasps> oh, God. Right? And I had that recurring dream several times, and it was, I think it was during high school, and it was just like, uh, but I was like, are such dicks. at least I know that even when I fight with my brother, I'll always <laughs> want to protect him. him. That's so nice. Yeah. yeah, it's just, they're fucked. Do you want me to tell a funny nightmare story? Please. Okay, let me think of one. Oh, I'll tell the story of the nightmare that stayed with me for 20 years, because now it's just mostly hilarious, because I've been thinking about it for 20 years, but I still remember it. I was nine years old. 
we had just moved back from Japan and we were staying with a family friend, which I think is part of why I had this nightmare because, mm-hmm. you know, we didn't have like a permanent home yet. We were staying with a family friend. Mm-hmm. We had just gone through this like massive change from like living overseas to living back in America, whatever. And so the nightmare that I had was we were staying with this family friend and my parents had been looking at houses to buy. And one of them was near a graveyard. And clearly that got into my head because I dreamt we moved into the house next to the graveyard, literally next to a graveyard. And I had dreamt that the zombies came in the nighttime. But I realized like they got to my room and I just yelled, God, and they all like, were like, <laughs> like the zombies didn't like me saying God. So I started yelling, God and Jesus will protect me. Oh and guess what? That shit worked. And one of the zombies, there was an Entenmann's cake box in my room, an empty Entenmann's cake box, which like, if you're like me, the last time you thought about Entenmann's was in the 90s when they had those commercials. So like... The fact that it was an Entenmann's cake box shouldn't have stayed with me, but it did. But a zombie crawled into the Entenmann's cake box and was covering its ears, so it did not listen. That's a tiny zombie. That was a very small zombie or I, a very large Entenmann's cake. I fucking love Entenmann's. <laughs> well, good news. Zombies love it, too. Thanks, Entenmann's, sponsor of this episode. I'm just kidding. They're not a sponsor. You know those, the the, the cheese Danish ones with uh-huh. all the cream cheese in it? Mm, oh, I love I their... I eat an entire one by myself. Their chocolate devil's food crumb donuts. Mm, so, like, you are so, only no. get those in the chocolate assortment, and there's mm-hmm. only two. If they ever made an assortment where that was just the devil's food with the crumb, I would... That's... Never stop. That's always them. a fun treat when they make the when my mom gets the assortment or uh-huh. when um she gets just like the the chocolate cake donut covered in the thick chocolate you know yeah. and you break it apart and it like oh Ugh. chocolate donuts from Entenmann's that's not a nightmare that's a that's dream. a dream so we're closing you out may you dream of chocolate, chocolate cr- donuts if you haven't tried them every so often our local grocery stores will do, like, and this is the only time I will ever even consider buying Entenmann's products, but they almost always, like, every six months or so, do, like, a buy one, get one free Entenmann's product. That's always dangerous in my household. Yeah. <laughs> it's dangerous in my household, too, because that's when I buy two chocolate donut assortments for myself, and then I immediately eat all of the, like, devil's food with crumb ones, and then I, like, despair eat the other ones while I dream of the ones that I've already consumed, and then I've eaten, like, 16 donuts in three days, and I've, I'm dead officially. <sighs> I just want Entenmann's now. You know what is a nice dream? What? This week, so last week when you're listening, <laughs> because I'm going to Michigan. Yes. You and can they, go to Meyer. I can go not just to Myers. I can go to fucking Tim Hortons <gasps> and get a fucking Canadian you meatball. bitch. I'm so excited. You I suck. Just, I just realized. I hate you. I don't want to podcast with you anymore, I you get, maple log bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's... it's it's maple glaze. Oh, it's so instead good. Of, instead of being a Boston cream with chocolate glaze, it's maple glaze with a custard filling. Ugh. And the custard isn't too sweet, and I the maple you. glaze isn't too sweet. Because Tim you. Hortons knows how much sugar to put in a fucking I donut. I so much. When we, Jack and I Tim went to Hortons. Niagara Falls three years ago, and we went to Tim Hortons, obviously. And, like, we got to the counter, and we ordered, like, six donuts for the two of us. And it was a very great choice, but also, yikes. But, like, we apologized to the woman. We're like, we're so sorry for being so tourist. And she goes, tourists don't usually know what they want. So thank you for ordering when you got to the counter. And we were like, thank you for justifying our six donuts. <laughs> if, if I can convince my parents to swing by Tim Hortons before we go back to the airport to come back here... I will bring you back a 
I appreciate it. I'm not going to take it to heart because I can't be hurt like that again. Yeah, you know, I'll do my best. It like I knew better than to try and promise to bring you back, Mister Donut, because yeah. I knew there was no way it was going to survive yeah. that flight. Like, there's Maybe just... I'll get you like a mug or something. <laughs> and just rub it in. You make here, a lot here, of Here's a here's a Tim Hortons mug cup, and then I just throw it on the ground. And I'm like, get out! Oh. Take your mug and go. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> this has been Spoop Hour. Go eat a donut. And have we, sweet dreams. It's literally sweet because it's donuts. Ah! <laughs> donuts. <laughs> the cat. <laughs> I'm Nick. And I'm Justin. And we can't believe it's already time for the 2019 live stream for The Cure. Thanks to our amazing peers, listeners, and supporters. Last year, we crushed our goal of $5,000 for the Cancer Research Institute. The Cancer Research Institute is funding research into immunotherapy to create a future immune to all forms of cancer. Every single cent we raise goes to them. And they're also rated over 92% on CharityNavigator.org. This year, we're aiming our sights even higher with our most ambitious event to date. Join us May 17th through the 19th on twitch.tv slash epicfilmguys for 40 hours of live content from us and other amazing shows who will join us to try to reach $7,500. Please visit www.livestreamforthecure for more information or to find out how you can be a part of the event. Together, we can make a difference. Specifically, let me pull up the name of the nonprofit that we are supporting. This is like the worst promo. So off my game. You don't want to cuddle with me? Hi. <laughs> the Cancer Research Institute. <laughs> Do you want me to go first? You seem like you're having a moment. <laughs> <laughs> do, 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 do.